to On the Ground, a podcast specifically for the members of the Gathering Church in Peterborough. Uh, we're glad you could join us after a long, hot summer. Um, so we're going to be, well, the purpose of this podcast really is to um, bring theology uh, to the ground for uh, average Christians uh, in the church. Uh, how do we live? What does that look like? How do we think about various issues? Um, we are not infallible. I don't know about you guys, um, but you know, <laughs> uh, we're hoping that uh, as we take some time to think about some certain issues uh, from a biblical perspective, uh, this will just really be a help. Um, so today we're going to be looking at uh, discipleship in a digital age. How do Christians um, navigate the labyrinth of uh, smartphones and uh, social media and is it good, is it bad, is it somewhere in between? How do we think about these things? Uh, so right off the bat, I, each of you guys have a smartphone? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. So and I'm wearing a watch. <laughs> you're way ahead of the times. <laughs> so I thought maybe just to start off, we could go around uh, and maybe briefly share our respective experiences uh, with our phones. Mm -hmm. uh, do you love them? Do you find yourself wanting to viciously throw them against a hard surface? Uh, is it a conflicted relationship? Um, where are you at? Uh, maybe Al, we can start with you. It's complicated. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's complicated between us. Uh, well, we're going to talk about ways that technology in general and, and, you know, things like phones in particular have helped as disciples of Jesus, have mm -hmm. hindered us as disciples of Jesus. And I would say my phone has done both of those things. So I am thankful for the gift of technology and the ways it has opened doors to uh, solid teaching and, and, you know, help me understand who Jesus is and what it means to follow him. And I... I'm also aware that there are many uh, obstacles that it presents, um, both because of just who I am and, and my unique struggles and personality, etc. And uh, the challenges that everyone faces with technology. So we have a complicated relationship, ones that I, I hope we can talk about. Yes, that, that was a very avoidant answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <but>. Rylan? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I feel like well, I've had a phone. I managed to actually miss the craze, the first wave craze of having a, a cell phone. I didn't actually get a cell phone until I was out of high school, which was peculiar. So mm. how I managed to stay socially connected then, I'm you, not you sure. You just wrote letters but before I, that. Yeah, I knocked on doors, called people's actual house. Yeah. Um, but I would say my to, to categorize my relationship with my smartphone or cell phone period. It wouldn't probably be until the last year and a half of my life that I really started to think about actually applying my discipleship to that and actually really thinking about it more seriously. Like right. I, I was saying when we were talking about this last week, I don't, I don't think I've been a good disciple in a digital age, and I feel like I'm just trying to train myself and do that disciplining now. So, And that's partly what we want to talk about is that our relationship to technology is something that is kind of like, does a fish know it's wet? You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. just, it's just what we swim in. Yeah, it's the culture. And it's one of the areas that we kind of assume and we just go along with. And it's like, well, this is the way everyone uses these tools and, and therefore how we have to use them. And 
part of what we're trying to do is actually just get Christians to even just think about it. Think about um, your own relationship with Christ and how the technology that you use really helps or hinders that. Can I just add to you that my phone is pink? This is why I have a black case on it. Oh, so really? people always ask me, it's like, is your phone pink? And was it, it was it just it, on sale or? I tell them that no, actually it's rose. <laughs> so it doesn't usually help. No, it was my wife's old phone and I upgraded hers and put a put an auto box over this one to help hide that. But if you ever if you ever wonder, does Alex have a rose colored phone? So the plot thickens with yeah. your relationship. So it's with even your more phone. complicated than you might imagine. <laughs> Um, what about you, Ben? Yeah, essentially, my phone functions as kind of a portable weather forecast slash <laughs> thesaurus. I, I am actually an obsessive weather checker. I don't know whether you guys knew this, but I'm chronically checking the weather. Uh, I know usually about eight days ahead, at least what it might be. Uh, <laughs> you mean but, only what it might be? <laughs> yeah, well, that's all you can do with that eight times ahead. Um, but I, I also do have Facebook, and, and like Rowan, I, I, I am like challenged by this subject, and I know I have failures in this area. It can be very tempting to just pull at your phone uh, in down times and just check to see what's going on. And yeah. uh, if a few hours go by, you can kind of feel that uh, anxiety uh, creeping up, uh, you know, what's going on with the rest of the world. Uh, if so, it takes a few hours for you, you are an anomaly. Well, I'm an anomaly in more ways than one. Can I just add to that, Ben? That yes. I'm actually happy you have a phone because you are not only a chronic weather checker, you are a chronic getting lost kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> you have got lost so many times. You got a smartphone. I was like, thank the Lord he has a GPS now. You know what? I, I actually don't. Oh, I never no. use GPS. <laughs> the irony. Yeah. yeah, I don't have data. So, um, Okay, well, let's, let's get into it. Um, Al, you were just talking briefly uh, about how we think about technology, um, kind of trying to discern how we go forward. Why is it important that Christians think about um, how we use technology? Mm -hmm. Well, in general sense, Christians need to think about every area of our life mm -hmm. and how it comes under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and how it either helps us to follow him and enjoy him and love him and uh, serve him and love and do good to others so i mean just on principle we're talking about you know cell phones and social media because that's a big part of our life mm -hmm. um and as we'll go into it um it can it can be a really big help but a really big hindrance so um i, I want to start with actually talking about what do we mean when we say discipleship because what we think about discipleship will really change how we view every other area of our life, whether it be our relationship to technology, our relationship to, um, you know, other family members and our coworkers and unbelievers and uh, recreation and, and everything, our food that we eat, everything um, is changed by what we understand discipleship really to be. So I want to read Jesus' words about discipleship, make a couple uh, points. And uh, we can kind of use that as a springboard. So in chapter 14 of Luke, um, this is Jesus really gives a clear definition of discipleship or what it means. He says, if anyone comes to me in verse 26 and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. 
Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who said it see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. I heard uh, a pastor uh, once told me a helpful line, what you win people with, you win them too. And that was actually really helpful. And Jesus is kind of riffing on this idea he's he's creating a healthy and a realistic expectation of what it means to follow him and he's doing so at the beginning because he knows what you think discipleship is at the beginning what do you think when i say follow me if you don't really know what that means then when you come to realize that later in life you're just going to drop off mm -hmm. and so i want to let you know at the outset what that means and he, he points out several things one it's costly the discipleship is costly and he says you need to consider that at the beginning like someone who's going to build a tower and have a building project you need to sit down and work at a budget you don't just say you know what i want a tower and i've got a couple guys and some materials let's just start and see where this thing goes you say okay what is the actual cost and to a lot of christians especially in our culture i mean I don't know if you guys want to weigh in on this. Like, what has following Jesus really cost? In one sense, mm -hmm. it's not. A, it, it has cost us, or we're not disciples. But in, in a real sense, you can at least think you're following Jesus, and there's no real cost. I mean, how many of us have had to leave our families for the mm -hmm. sake of following Jesus? Yeah. How many of us have been um, put out of our homes? You know, even. Like our culture now is more and more hostile to Christianity, and I didn't grow up in a, you know, I went to public school, and I didn't grow up amongst Christians, and I was certainly, I felt that. But in a real sense, I never feared for my life. I never feared for my physical safety. I, you know, we've got churches where there's a, a Christian subculture that we're kind of we're safe, and we're accepted, and we're welcomed in. I mean, we can forget that following Jesus is costly and and the danger of that is when we come up to those points in our life where it requires a cost where it requires as jesus says to renounce or to give up for people in our context that can just feel weird it's like i thought following jesus is kind of like i get everything i want plus him you know life is just better than it was before and and well it is better to have christ but um it it will cost you Yes, yes, Jesus is often kind of presented as a, a therapy, the therapeutic yeah. Jesus, right? Like, uh, he'll be your friend when you're lonely, um, you know, he'll help you when you're feeling discouraged. And and this, you're right, this idea of, of discipleship costing us something is, is very foreign to at least Christians in the West. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, at that verse, you're kind of getting at the, what exactly is the cost to you, in the sense of, uh, it's helpful 
that when he talks about things that are in the way of discipleship, they're all actually seemingly positive things. Right. Like, whoever yeah. does not hate uh, mother, father, brother, sister more than me um, is not worthy of me. And the essence of the cost is we're getting rid of something that um, the thing itself is not necessarily wrong. No. Um, the cost is, is that um, is that does it replace our love for Jesus? Does it replace like is Christ the one that we love the most? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our ability and, to obey. Yeah. yeah, and so the, mm-hmm. even the, the the essence of when we're talking about um, as a disciple, the cost that it's uh, what's costing me. It's it's costing me my supreme love for other things, mm-hmm. but there is also there's a gain on the other side too. There's a there's a benefit. Um, it's not just a cost, but it, it's a it's a cost and and reward kind of system. And it's important to see that those things are 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 not necessarily bad things, but we love them to a bad degree. And the essence of discipleship begins with recognizing the way we have tainted good things, yeah. recognizing the way that we have loved the world in, in a wrong degree. Reordering our yeah. lives. Yeah. 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 When he says, you know, a lot of people stumble over this. When he says. Uh, we must, you know, hate our families, so to speak. Jesus also tells us the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that we are commanded to honor our parents. And so how do we hate them and love them and honor them? And I think what he's trying to get at is that we need to love Jesus in such a way that our relationships with other people would look like hate, in the sense that there's a difference, there's not a comparison there. And actually, when we do love Jesus first and foremost, that we will end up loving everything else, but we won't sacrifice Jesus on the altar of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes down to it, if it's a choice between Jesus and whatever we hold most dear, then we are going with Jesus. And that looks like a hatred to people. So he's not saying your family's bad. He doesn't mean that. He doesn't say you necessarily have to leave your family in order to follow him. But here's the point. You have to be willing to, should it come down to it. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about technology, I was thinking about this just before. I feel like if you take the embeddedness of technology in our lives, just how pervasive it is in everything we do, and you take as well our relationships and our families in this culture, you know, and how kind of distorted and unhealthy they are, it's actually probably harder to move away from technology than it is to move away from family for a lot of people. That it would be harder to to give up certain relationships with technology because it would be so inconvenient. It would it could drastically change our life. Whereas distancing ourselves from family, maybe we're already distant from that. Right. So let's let's pursue that line of thought a bit more. How yep. does uh, that that was a helpful discussion to lead off with. How does um, discipleship um, work itself out as we uh, understand technology. Um, mm-hmm. where, where does where does sacrifice? Where does how does that play out? Can I jump in first? If you must. Basically, exactly as we were just saying that it it's going to be something that isn't necessarily bad, right? That mother, father, brother, sister they aren't necessarily um, wrong things, but when they conflict with our ultimate love for Jesus, it becomes wrong. It's the same exactly with technology. Um, the thing itself is not the problem. That's, it, that's never the case. The mm-hmm. problem of uh, the problem and the cost of discipleship is at the heart of, of the human being, at our heart, at the base level of what do we love most? What do we prize most? 
And so all discipleship, and this is just makes sense, just apply it to technology. It's, it's not that my phone itself is sinful. Um, I just read, uh, Piper says, you know, Jesus isn't going to tell me on Judgment Day, like, you know, depart from me, you never knew me because you owned a phone. No, it's because you loved what your phone enabled you to have, or you loved something more than me. That's mm-hmm. the essence of what it will be. Yeah. So I think you see it in that way. Yeah. It's not well, different. What we're, what we're not saying is that if you throw away your cell phone and get off the internet and get unplugged, so to speak, you will be, that makes you a better disciple. It doesn't necessarily. Um, but if you are unwilling to even think about your relationship with technology, you might not be a disciple. Just in the same way that if there's another area of your life, you're like, I'm not even going to go there. Um, so that's what I'm kind of getting at so that the rest of what we talk about is not just white noise. And I want to pick up on what Rylan said. You know, it's not a, what we're not saying. Because you get some, you know, I don't even know if, if they would be part of Christianity, but certain sects um, have done away with all technology, right? You know, like we don't have electricity in our house and we don't have cars and we don't, um, you know, they'll have multi-million dollar wood shops. But, and, and the kind of view is like technology, the problem is with technology, so we're going to avoid it. Yeah. And what Jesus is saying in Luke is not that you, like your parents are bad, but I need to be your supreme treasure. You need to see that um, it's worth it, that everything else you give up is actually worth it. And Paul says this, you know, I've given up all things. Why? So that if I just do away with everything, Jesus will be happy with me? No, for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. And he's saying all of these things hindered me knowing Jesus, and he's worth more than that. So it's actually a gain. Um, for me. So now that we transition into kind of, okay, what does that have to do with my um, smartphone? And okay, Alex, I'm with you. We need to be um, thinking about it. Uh, I just want to, I want to spend some time talking about the goodness of technology. So, so people don't hear us saying, you know, cell phones are causing a hindrance. Like we're more godly as if we all just get dumb phones. Right? Is that a thing? (laughs) I've heard that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb phones? Yeah. Yeah. Would that be like a Palm Pilot or something? Yeah, <laughs> Palm Pilot. Chance had that flip phone for a yeah. while. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Those yeah. are dumb phones, yeah. Um, so we want to say we want to say that technology is actually a gift from God. It's not even something we just have to put up with. It's a neutral thing in this world. It's actually given by God and part of his uh, purposes in this world to be used for his glory. So in creation... He tells us, you know, he creates man and woman in his image, and he gives them a task to take dominion and to exercise servant leadership over creation as stewards for the glory of God and the good of other people. And what that means is actually cultivating and using technology and developing tools to cultivate the earth as a means of doing that. So technology has always uh, been a gift, and it's not a it's not a bad thing at all. It's actually a necessary thing. So um, we're not. What's the term you used once? A luddite. A luddite. Yeah. luddite. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what we're advocating for here, and that's kind of an easy position. We also know because we have the Word of God recorded in on pages that God has ordained, and He He said that He He, he ordained that His Word not only be heard by people but be recorded. You know, we see him tell Moses to write these things down. He recorded it on stone. And then we see later that 
you know, the words of God were recorded on things like papyrus. And then we see the introduction of later on the codex and then books. And, and this isn't just something we've done on our own apart from God. But God has actually told us in, um, in Scripture that this is part of his plan. He's, he's ordained technology to be a means of furthering the gospel, to be a means of revealing himself and his word to the, to the world. So it's actually not just neutral and okay. It's actually um, beneficial and necessary for the gospel to go forward. Yeah, in one sense, it's, it's no more dangerous than my own hands. And I use my own hands to glorify God. Yeah. Like, it's the, you really need to see it that way. Right. Uh, and yet... And this might go back to just thinking about how we use technology. There are particular challenges that um, the internet and, and specifically, I think, the smartphone have ushered in that I think maybe the hoe or the handcart uh, may not have. And we're talking about the advance of technology. Uh, one woman did a, a survey and, and found that um, feelings of loneliness, anxiety mm -hmm. uh, spiked. Uh, with uh, especially among youth with the advent of the mm -hmm. smartphone. Mm -hmm. sure. um, Not all technology is created equal. Right. Um, like that's a fair way. Right. So there are particular challenges perhaps to the age of the smartphone mm -hmm. um, that make it perhaps unique in the advance of technology. I'm mm -hmm. just thinking out loud here. but. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, let's get to those in a minute. But I want to get to them now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <Keep going. laughs> um, you know, another example in Bible in the Bible is that, you know, Paul used the Roman roads to send out his letters, right? And the Roman roads obviously were uh, wonderfully engineered uh, technology that was used by God in his providence to further the gospel. And uh, obviously sent letters written by people and went on ships to visit people. Um, and if we step outside the scripture later on, we think of things like even the printing press and I mean, a lot of the reason the church was in the Dark Ages was because no one had access to the scriptures. And the only the, the scriptures were only in a language that nobody understood, Latin. And it was when the scriptures started to be translated to the, into the languages of the people and sent out via um, the printing press that there was an, a gospel explosion. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we want to say, even with smartphones, like I myself have benefited a ton from having the internet, from being able to listen to sermons by men I never will meet in my life, by um, reading books by people who have been dead for, you know, 10 years to a couple hundred years. Um, you know, we wouldn't be where we are as a church. And, and that's all part of God's design. So I know I'm, I'm kind of belaboring it, but... Well, yeah, and there's even, like... There it's just an easy thing to say technology is bad. That's an easy yeah, no, that's and we just want to say that's not a helpful yeah. impulse. And, and obviously we've seen bad ways, you know, televangelists gone wrong, but there are, there are people even in our church who have heard the gospel on the radio mm -hmm. and come to Christ. Yeah. Like, uh, if it is a vehicle for the word of God to go forth truthfully, uh, it actually, it can be used for his glory. And, and that's, that's an encouraging thing. We can see that it, it aids us in a way that, like you said, our simple words, person to person, cannot. When you can send a piece of paper farther and faster, then you can go personally. Very so why don't, we, why don't we share some ways that we found technology personally to be a hindrance to discipleship? We've seen that it can be a help in general ways. Um, why don't we talk 
even just briefly, and then maybe next time we can get into more broader issues of the hindrance of technology. But why don't we just talk personally about that? Right. Well, um, personally, I, I, I think my own levels of anxiety have increased just with the availability of uh, of global news. Oh yeah, um, you know I think Spurgeon said, and he was talking about the newspaper that yeah. um, just that exposure to all of the sorrows outside of the the narrow sphere of your own sorrows mm -hmm. makes the the weight just intolerable for most yeah. people. And having instant access to Google News and and any number of news channels, some of which are extremely biased in their reporting and, and all of these things. But that, that for me, it, it has increased levels of anxiety and, and kind of what do I do about all the tragedy in the world? Mm -hmm. uh, the things that are going on in Sudan and Haiti and, and um, am I meant to carry those responsibilities? Mm -hmm. um, so certainly, uh, certainly that has impacted me as well as um, um, just Unrealistic, unrealistic expectations of, of who we should be approved by, um, you know, with, with social media. I, I only have Facebook, but there's even that temptation there, it's, you know, for the likes, for the for the comments. And it's, it's kind of validating. Right. And, uh, and and that's been a danger for me in the past as well. Kind of mm -hmm. seeking validation for your thoughts, your achievements um, from from the faceless masses. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's that's a form of idolatry. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say my biggest my biggest hindrance in discipleship with technology would be distraction. Mm -hmm. I uh, yeah. I love movies and I could watch You a love lot bad of them. movies. <laughs> yeah, Alex does not like my taste in movies. I enjoy the spectacle of a movie probably a little too much. Just so um, yeah, technology has made that easily I'm distracted by and, and just even information intake I'm just easy, easily um, I want to know things um, right yeah. and, and that that can be that 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 sounds innocent but it, it leads to a lot more sinful things I think not just sinfully using my time for selfish purposes in one sense I see that as in its essence uh, technology allows me to just sort of gratify my whims mm -hmm. which I which I think is the essence of selfishness mm -hmm. it's the essence of my just pleasing my selfish desires yeah so that's how I see it when Jesus says being a disciple involves picking up your cross mm -hmm. and self-denial mm -hmm. you know the constant self-gratification and the ease of gratification and the you know all the time the average person picks up their cell phone every 4.3 minutes for their whole life I mean not when you're sleeping during the day that's wild yeah, and that means we are constantly giving into what do i want mm -hmm. and that that habit forms our character and and that is like the opposite of following jesus following jesus involves very often not doing what i want mm -hmm. and for you know most of us um technology is just the illusion you know it's the allowing constantly what do i want what do i need what do i want to see what do i want to hear what do i want to know uh, what do I want to experience? What do I want to feel? And it's that. And you, you do that all day, every day for a long time, and that self-denial feels really weird. I mean, think of how hard it is to not look at your phone. Like, we're talking about, not talking about, like, being martyred for Jesus. We're not talking about, 
you know, standing up and preaching in, in the city square. We're talking about how hard it is to just not do little things. Um, and so that, that's helpful. That's kind of where it matters, too, is that yeah, the little things are what actually enable us for the bigger moment, yeah. the harder decisions. Yeah. If you haven't trained yourself, and I think yeah. even that passage you read from Luke, you know, what king doesn't count the cost beforehand? Yeah. yeah. He's not, he's prepared before the moments of war come. Yeah. And, and I think that's really important. You see. can't spend a life of self-gratification and expect that the moment where you are required to deny yourself, yeah. that you will. Yeah. And it's why the that's smart, just not how it works. It's why the smartphone is particularly a difficult element of technology. Is we have computers, yes, but, you know, it began with personal computers. It stays in your office. Yeah. And then we got laptops. Well, now we have smartphones. The whole power of a computer in yeah. your hand, in your pocket. It's with yeah. you everywhere you go. You you have that access even more, which means the the, the habitual gratification of self is is just growing and it's constant. And, and then you have to you have to now work backwards from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, shutting that off and trying to replace it with habitual self denial. It's mm-hmm. you're, you're starting from a difficult place. Mm-hmm. It's it's difficult. Yeah, Jesus said. Um, you know, in John, that if you abide in my word, you are truly my mm-hmm. disciple. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of another way that it hinders is, you know, to abide um, is, is to need and to obey and to listen and to desire and to treasure. And it, kind of, it, it covers a whole range of things to be desperate for, to honor um, Jesus' words. But how many of us, you know, I found this too, and I've tried to stop this, but the first thing we do in the day and the last thing we do is look at our phones. And and what does that, is that the kind of habit of someone who truly lives by the words of God? Or do we live by, you know, knowing what's going on with everyone? Live by seeing what people think about us? Or live by, you know, making sure I'm on top of all of my, or all, all the other reasons we might look at our phones. You know, what is actually the most important thing to us? What would people look at the habits of our lives and say, this is their priority? And would they say that, wow, that person is characterized as someone who abides in the word? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've had, I think, a podcast with this about making time for devotions. It's difficult. I mean, you have young children and, and you work and it's just like where you find time. Well, I'm, I'm just... So many people we have this conversation with, it's like you haven't even thought about, you know, significantly changing the way you use your phone. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we do a very little time, and we do a very little time, we definitely don't have time, you know, to be on social media, you know, when we should be in the scriptures. And, and if that seems weird to us and extreme to us and radical to us, we really need to think about this, you know, and the radical call of following Jesus. Yeah, and maybe maybe we could finish even. I don't think we're getting close to time. Yeah, on on, a, on a, the promise that follows that statement of Jesus mm-hmm. when he says, "If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples," is that he says, um, "You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Like, yeah. If the Son set you free, you are free indeed. We are slaves to our sin, but the hope for Christians and the talk about discipleship, why we're thinking about it positively as well as negatively, is that. Um, we don't. We're not just constantly denying self. We are also saying yes to the desires of Christ in us, mm-hmm. and we are saying yes to the truth and yes to what is good. And uh, and the encouraging thing is that abiding in the Word is the path to 
to actually saying yes to Christ and yes to all the good things of discipleship, not mm-hmm. just no to all the negative things. Yeah. And that's that's hopeful for me that like I reading I read that passage in preparation for this as well. If the Son set you free, you will be free indeed. And that's mm-hmm. an encouraging encouraging thing in light of the weight of how dangerous technology can be. Mm-hmm. Right. So we are at our half hour mark. Um we may continue this discussion next yeah. week. I feel like there's more to say, um, but two takeaways, at least for me this morning, uh, thinking through how we interact with technology, um, not just assuming that our default um, mode of operating with it is, is right. Uh, is it helpful? Is it, is it honoring to God? Um, thinking through these things and counting the cost of discipleship and realizing that that means um, making sacrifices where uh, the gospel is not being adorned. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks guys. I actually forgot to introduce everybody. This, we'll, do a, we'll do a leading out introduction. Yeah. Uh, so Alex and Ryland and myself, Ben, we're glad you could join us uh, for On the Ground. Um, you can go to our website, thegatheringptbo.ca to uh, find sermons and copies of this podcast. We'll hopefully see you again next week.